Due to some health-related issues, we are on a temporary hiatus for new episodes, but this is the last of these re-release episodes. But do please enjoy uh, the re-release of episode 130 with my partner in our weekly data mesh roundtables, Jean-Georges Perrin. Uh, there are a lot of interesting things to take away from this about how to do you know, the actual data quantum and the, the concept of the data quantum. But I think a biggie is how do you even develop your thesis around what to drive towards early in your data mesh implementation? What will drive value early? What does success look like? Doing data mesh doesn't simply create value out of the ether. And you also need to figure out how to build momentum so it's not just as if you delivered one thing, you can deliver further. There's a lot to learn about how to apply good software engineering practices to data with data mesh as well. So I think you'll learn a lot from this one. A written transcript of this episode is provided by Starburst. For more information, you can see the show notes. Welcome to Data Mesh Radio with your host, Scott Hurlman, sponsored by Starburst. This is Adrian Estala, VP and Field CDO at Starburst and host of Data Mesh TV. Starburst is the leading contributor to Trino, the open source project, and the Data Mesh for Dummies book that I co-wrote with Colleen Tarto and Andy Mont. To claim your free book, head over to starburst.io. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Hurlman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about data mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes. I've now left data stacks, you know, thanks for all their help in founding things, but I've left to start data mesh understanding, which is also helping practitioners to get to the information needed to do data mesh well. We have free implementer introductions and roundtable programs in addition to the more advanced yet affordable offerings. So please do get in touch if you're looking for more information on how to do, how to approach Data Mesh. Just check datameshunderstanding.com for more info. There's also a helpful organization of past Data Mesh radio episodes there if you want to dig into specific topics rather than digging through 200 different episodes. So with that, let's hit the funky intro music and listen to what you'll hear about in this interview episode. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in today's episode? I interviewed Jean-Georges Perrin, aka JGP, the intelligence platform lead at PayPal. JGP is probably the first guest to really lean into using data quantum instead of data product when talking about a lot of things. So it's a, an interesting conversation, even if just from that, that point of view. So some key takeaways or thoughts from JGP's point of view. Data mesh, as it's been laid out by Jmac, obviously leaves a lot of room for innovation. For some, that's great. For others, they want a, a blueprint, right? And it's okay to wait for people to really uh, put together a little bit more of those blueprints. And you know, I think it'll always be impossible to completely copy paste, but it's it's okay for others to wait. But JGP and his team are excited to be part of that innovation. 
I know a lot of you out there as well are excited about innovation. Number two, PayPal's three main initial target outcomes from their data mesh implementation, A, faster and easier data discovery, B, easier to use the data in a governed way, and C, increased data consumer trust in, in the data. Um, and their first consumers are all just data scientists. They're not going super wide with their data consumers up front. Number three, really consider what you want to prove out in your MVP. Is that a minimum viable data quantum, data platform, data mesh, something else? Yeah, only doing a data quantum probably sets you up for trouble and a platform only won't be tested until it has data quanta or data products on it, right? Number four, data contracts are crucial to making trustability actually measurable and agreed upon. Otherwise, it's far too easy to have miscommunication between data producers and consumers, which leads to a lack and or loss of trust. Number five, producers, don't set your data contract terms too strictly for yourself when first launching a data quantum, right? There's uh, a need. There's no need to over-engineer, despite how interesting that can sometimes be. <laughs> Number six, for too long, in general, we have tried to keep software engineering and data engineering overly separate. They're both just kind of engineering. Uh, Emily Gorsinski talked a lot about this. Shumak has talked about this. They're just kind of engineering with slightly different focus, and data mesh really leans into trying to do away with those distinctions in the long run. Number seven, we've also tried to keep operational and analytical far too separate. We should look to build out tooling where data can live that serves both operational and analytical word workload needs, those HTAP or hybrid transactional analytical processing type systems. But we aren't there yet. And again, this is in JGB's opinion. I think I think this is something that would be great, but it's also <laughs> kind of intentionality around uh, do you want systems that end up being kind of okay at either, or do you want something that's good at, at uh, one or the other? Number eight, analytical APIs, at least as far as we've seen them to date, are just not going to do what we need relative to accessing data from data products or quanta according to, to JGP. Number nine, standardizing metadata access APIs across data quanta has made it very simple for data consumers to begin using new data quanta as, as they're introduced to the mesh at PayPal. PayPal has observability, discovery, and control APIs, and they're standardized across all of their you know, data quanta or data qu products. Number 10, domain is an overloaded word. It can mean a very large, high-level domain like sales or finance or HR or marketing with hundreds or thousands of people in it. Or it can mean a smaller, you know, two pizza team level scale. Be pretty specific when you're talking internally about what you mean by what, what domain actually means. Number 11, it's crucial to understand data quanta and the use cases they power both have different life cycles. So really apply product thinking. It's going to be really crucial. Finally, number 12, 12 most data engineering teams do work in a waterfall approach. And that just doesn't scale that well relative to what we're trying to do with something like data mesh. You know, moving to data mesh can mean additional cognitive load as it really requires moving to, to that agile. And so changing those ways of working for data engineers is non-trivial. Be aware of that. Be empathetic to that. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, enough of just me. Let's hear from our awesome guest in this interview episode. Okay, very, very excited for today's episode. I've got uh, Jean-Jour Perrin, who is the intelligence platform lead at PayPal. Um, and he goes by JGP, so that's what we'll be seeing from here on in the episode. Um, very excited about this, specifically for a couple of different uh, aspects. One is uh, he, he very recently, uh, relative to when we're recording, but uh, not probably as recently as to when you're listening, but put out a great blog post about um, kind of the early journey uh, around data mesh at PayPal and especially really digging into what is a data quanta, right? Like, what does that actually mean? And and a little bit of, of difference, I've talked about this a little bit, but uh, data product has connotations around it, right? And And we need to think about data as a product and what we're actually creating of these data products or the data quantum is probably a better way to differentiate it than all the other definitions of data product, right? There's so many of these things. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about analytical APIs and kind of how they're different from regular APIs and, and even kind of data APIs and how we really need to figure out how to do these in a much better way. I think um, we've as an industry, the more people that I dig into uh, speaking about these analytical APIs, they're very, very <laughs> difficult to do when not many people are doing them well, especially versioning. And when you think about like semantic versioning and things like that, it, it gets even more complicated. So uh, excited to dig into a lot of these uh, topics. But before we jump into that, JGP, if you don't mind giving people a bit of an introduction to yourself, and then we can jump into the conversation at hand. Yeah, sure, sure, Scott. So first, I'm I'm super excited to be to be on the show today. Um, you're you're you've been my mowing buddy for the for the entire summer, uh, where I'm listening. Uh, I'm listening to the podcast a little bit on the faster side, uh, but and and I've got a lot to mow, so I've I've I I know the insider tricks of all everything you're saying. But having said that, so um, yeah, so I'm Georges Parin or JGP. Um, I work at PayPal, uh, and, uh, but for the last 15 years, I've been building uh, data platforms, and I, I would admit that even some of them went to production. Um, and prior to the prior eight years to that, I was mostly focusing on development tools. So you can see how tainted I am on, on some on some aspects. Um, what another another um, another thing is I've you know I've in Culturally, I always had a trouble opposing data engineering to software engineering. Uh, I think it's, uh, um, I think I think it's a little bit uh, ridiculous to oppose that. So I am in the teams I'm leading right now. Uh, we are we are blending all that, and and we are having a a very considerate part for for both uh, engineering domains. So, yep, in a nutshell, that's it. <laughs> okay, I I think that 
sets up the conversation very, very well, um, especially starting off the conversation about kind of what you've learned in your early journey and, and what you're, you're interacting with, especially about that software engineering and data engineering about how, how you can make it so that the software engineers can understand what they've got to do. And we don't have to have this kind of hard separation, but also like, how are you managing that cognitive load? So huge topic. I'll, I'll give you kind of <laughs> a useful place to kind of start with that. Um, so in your, in your blog post, you covered a lot about the data quantum and, and how you're kind of really thinking about it at the quantum level instead of, and that how that then plays into the mesh. So if you can start to talk about how you talk to your teams about we're going to build this data quantum, what is the point of it? What are we actually trying to, to achieve with this? What are we trying to achieve in the version one or version 0.1? Or like what what is necessary? What can we <laughs> leave a little bit for later? I'm trying to give people a little bit of permission to move forward without being like, I, we have absolutely everything done, everything nailed, all of that. So if you give some background there, that'd be helpful. So, so yeah. So, so first, I, 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 I love to compare the, the data mesh, and maybe I'm wrong, but I love to compare the data mesh to, to um, Agile. Okay. So when, when Agile came up, uh, everybody was kind of, hey, I'm doing waterfall. I'm great at it. And, and the thing is, then Agile came in and we changed the paradigm of things. So, so when, we're, when, when I'm seeing data engineering teams, um, and and not specifically at PayPal, but in my in in my, in my career, um, I've seen a lot of those data engineering being very waterfallish in in their ways of as their way of working. Okay, and it's not a bad thing. Okay, it's not because you're doing waterfalls that you're you're evil. Okay, it's it's just it's not always a line of oh we do software. Um, so when we were, uh, so when we. Uh, we started this this process. We were already doing agile uh, um, qu quite quite a, quite a bit, and it made sense. It was it was not an extra cognitive load on the team, you know, to 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 assume that oh we're changing the mythology from waterfall to agile, and then we're also changing this from I would say data warehousing to data mesh. Okay. Um, I think people were aware of the challenges and what we wanted to achieve, and this this created this kind of you know it's it's this this uh, appetite for experimenting with something new, and that's 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 how we started with the data mesh, okay, and, and so. I love a lot of the things about 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 the data mission. What I've read in in in, in Jama's book and and her videos and and articles. Um, the only thing I'm 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 disagreeing with her is that it's not revolutionary for me. It's evolutionary. Uh, so it was it was really about when you think about training people and explaining to people is really about showing them the evolution from their current jobs and. And it made things a lot easier. So that's that's on the cognitive load, I would say. Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, uh, not to speak on Jabak's behalf, but I think it is revolutionary in that where you are versus where your, your picture is of six years down the road. But the only way to get there is via evolution. It is to say, like, we're going to be evolving and it's not you have to go from point A to point Z 
you know, you have to do this big bang approach. And it's like, we're going to change. And, and the way that we do data mesh, you know, Jamak has talked about, she wishes she had five years to, to wait until she wrote her V1 of her book, because it's so much like, we don't know how we do this very well. Right. We're still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that's, 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 that's great as well. Okay. Because it leaves a lot of room for innovation. Okay. So, uh, and, and, and rather than being, you know, stuck in a concept, which you, which you, which you, which you don't control, you know, and I'm, I'm both French and American and, uh, the French people have a very special relationship with revolutions. So I, you know, I, I'm using the word very, uh, very carefully. Uh, anyway, so, um, so, so, so yeah. So, so the thing is in this, you know, agile way of doing things, we wanted, um, to create an MVP. Okay. So really trying a, we've got this proof of concept and an MVP and, and then you can, you know, you've got a product. Okay. Your, your, your data mesh as, as, as it itself is, 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 um, is a product, but what's, what's your MVP? What's a minimum thing you can deliver that is actually bringing value. And that's, that's where we, we settle on, on, on the quantum. We say it was, well, if we deliver a quantum to our customers, data scientists, business analysts, we, we already delivering kind of quite some value, right? And, uh, um, and, and then when we mesh them together, it should bring even more value, like, like one plus one equals three kind of value, right? Um, so that's why we decided, okay, let's, let's focus, let's build a, let's build a very efficient quantum. Um, and, and I think that's what we did. <laughs> So I, I've had this question a couple of times around your proof of concept, your minimum viable, like, what are you actually trying to prove out? Were you trying to prove out that you could build the quantum and that the quantum could provide value and it had like stable uh, value versus like when people do data services, it has uh, often it has value up front, but then the sustainability isn't there. Were you trying to prove out you could do the mesh? Because then there's minimum viable mesh. Like, what what were you trying to prove out? So, so what we wanted to prove is so PayPal has been a pioneer in in, in data in um, in delta in data self service. Okay, so so this is not what we when we look at the four principle. Okay, so, 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 so the principle of self serve data platform is if if I came to to, to my leadership saying, hey, we, we're going to do self-serve data platforms that would probably laugh at me, okay? So we have that, okay? So, but, uh, but, but it's more really about ownership and about the, the federated computational governance as well, okay? So, um, so what we want to enable our data scientists is faster and easier um, data discovery, Okay, this is this is where uh, we've seen that a lot of a lot of our um, a lot of our uh, folks are are using some time, as you can uh, as you can imagine, we've got a bit of data uh, in this company, uh, and so we want to make sure that it's it's used and it's it's when it's used, it's 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 governed. Okay, so so that's really what we wanted to prove out through uh, through our first um, quantum. Okay, so. And 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 give and bring trusted data to our data scientists. We want to make sure that when they connect to the 
to the to the um, to the quantum, they have a real grasp of whether it's the right data for the use case. Okay, so they they say they can access you know data contracts, they can access the observability, they can access uh, of course a dictionary. So all those things uh, were really targeted to towards creating a great user experience for our data scientists. And and when you say governed, um, I just had uh, Nicola Askamon, um, and so she's the data governance coach and. She she kind of brought up this this topic around what is actually being governed mean, right? Like governance is often thought of as you know access control and like uh, do you have the right to use it and and is this going to get us in trouble? Is this non compliant use? Versus a lot of what you talked about also falls under governance or it should. Of is this you know the understandability? Is this the right data? Like how can I I discover the data? A lot of that needs to be at more of the governance level rather than each individual data product needs to have that discoverability, right? Each each data quantum. Yep. But it it can't be that every single one has a different way of discovering and understanding its quality metrics and all of that. Because then you have uh, a different data quantum user experience. Every single one, it's one. So, so, so that you, 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 that's that's I think one of the benefit of having the quantum is that we standardize the APIs, okay, and and that's what I think that was that was kind of the key thing there, uh, you know, because a lot of people say, oh, but uh, you know, when you're accessing metadata, you can access metadata on an Oracle database or an Informix database or a DB2 database. Yeah, but it's all different, okay? It's it's not like it's always completely different, but then you've got different data stores and then it's completely different and got complete user experience with a learning curve, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so here we, we first, um, we partner with our, um, enterprise data governance team. Okay, so it's not it's not like we're doing that in a silo. Uh, we really are following the idea of they giving us policies, they giving us best practices, they giving us what they want to see from an enterprise governance level, and the quantum is following those those direction. Okay, so when, but but when the the, the data scientist, a consumer, access individual quantum quantum is not is not or she's not really you know it's the same experience right you're you're, you're making the same calls you're making you've got the same uh global user experience in 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 that so uh and when we're talking about apis um of course you can think about you know microservices and rest apis but but it's also about apis i would say in the stricture or historical terms as everything is available through python apis okay so 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 our data scientists they 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 want they, they dream notebooks okay say so they want they want jupiter everywhere they think jupiter is the source of all goodness in the world so uh it's it's it, it was it was only natural for us to make sure that each quantum is accessible via, you know, this a Python API directly, um, directly in some, uh, in uh, in the notebook. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I've got I've got like seven different question directions there. Sure, I did I did work with my, you, you you've listened, so you know uh, my my seventeen point question. But one thing I wanted to tie in was right now your your users are the data scientists, and so the mm-hmm. Python API is fine. Um, when you start to think about what people are talking about with marketplaces and things like that of lowering the bar, I would love to hear about where your you know, so that more people can access this. It's not just data scientists. You can get the data analysts or even the people in, in the business side. So I want to I want to explore that of kind of what's the, the future hold there. But I also want to talk about kind of chicken and egg. What what came first? You know, did you build a data quantum and then you, you said, OK, we're going to standardize the API around this or did you standardize your API first and and then also, you, do you want to open source that or do you want to share that with folks so they can see like how you're doing your, your API so that you have that standardized because people are really struggling with doing that. But like what, what, what I think that's a, a more interesting thing to start with of like how how did you approach this of instead of is this a one off, but you are thinking about like a kind of cordoned off MVP uh, was it to get to a quantum and then you go, we're going to give you the access layer a little later once we've built a couple of these, then we can start to standardize around that or like just. We, 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 yeah, we work, we work, we work in parallel. Okay. So, so there's nobody, um, in my careers that gave me something like, Hey, here's your, uh, $20 million and have fun with it. Okay. And, and come back in two years with, 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 with something. Um, so in our in our scenario um we still have to uh, uh we still have to deliver stuff right so so we that's i want to say that it sounds like it's a problem when i'm saying it but i think it's it's actually a good thing is because if you don't have regular deliveries well you don't get feedback right so you can create and then you're going back to waterfall in some way so the way we, we approach this is we are delivering data products, okay? But data products, the old way of saying, hey, this is this is a data product, and because it's it's a data product, you've got all these fields, you've got all this documentation that comes with it. It's a data product, okay? It's not a data product as the mesh would provide, but it's it's that. So we've got we've got We've, we're delivering that and we're adding features which are the, the quantum features on top of that so it was from the beginning we we really had the idea of okay we're going to deliver we've got teams delivering data products data products data products okay and we've got a team building the platform and building the tools that we have come that are coming with the with 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 the data products okay so um and, and of course, it means that the data products have as it's as it's the life cycle. But the, I would say the sidecar, okay, the, the data quantum as a sidecar is as also its its life cycle. So right now we're at I would say POC V two level, okay. Uh, MVP is targeted probably when people will listen to this podcast, and um, and. We're, 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 we're constantly delivering additional value and we've got teams that are delivering value on top of it. So you, you have not the luxury. You've got to, you've, you've, you, you must be tied to 
standardization, right? I, I cannot I cannot have different APIs over time. I cannot have different REST APIs or Python APIs. As a behavior over time will evolve, but the, the principle should should stay the same. And the way we are um, we are deploying that is is based on DevOps methodology. So it means that hey, we are okay, we are we're delivering and we are you know, we're we're sharing as it goes. Okay. So it's a completely CI C D and all what you would expect from a modern software engineering practice. And and I think going back to what you're talking about of what is a data product in, in what you were talking about there, it, it's a product that's powered by data, correct? And that yeah. the data quantum is an underlying component of making it so that that's possible, right? It's not that the data product and what you were talking about is the actual data itself in in, in most cases or all cases because the data quantum is the the thing of the data itself is that is that correct yeah so 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 you can you can see it as an evolution okay we've got data products without the quantum we've got data products which are coming with quantum and and over time all the data products in our intelligence platform will have this quantum sidecar uh, that is coming with it and bringing all the value, all, all the discoverability, all the observability attached to it. Okay, but we could not say, "Hey, wait for the quantum to be completely finalized and the mesh to be finalized before we are delivering something of value to our to our consumers." Otherwise, they say, "Hey, I still need to do my work, right?" Um, so, so that's 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 how we organize the teams to to make sure that you know we deliver. We, we constantly deliver value. Yeah, and I think that's important. I think um, it's just it, the this is where I think Jamak is using the, the phrase data product made it so that people could understand a little bit, but it also muddied the water. She, we've talked about this uh, in, in private because it there is so many definitions of the phrase data product and data as a product thinking is like the data quantum is a manifestation of your data as a product thinking. It's exactly. not the only aspect of data as a product thinking. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You can have you can have a data product without without the mesh, okay, or without the quantum, or and it, it's it's a product made of data, right? Uh, but I think I think it's coming back to all more value you're adding, okay? You. If if you're just delivering data, you're not delivering a lot of trust, right? Hey, where's this data coming from? Where what is it made of? How, how far? How often is it refreshed? What's the retention retention period? So then you start adding stuff like I'm adding a data contract on top of it. Then oh, okay, I see a little bit more of trust gaining there. And then you add more, I would say, more sophisticated methods like. The data quantum with its observability, with its permanent monitoring of the data, um, we 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 even add a, a, a Amazon-like rating on the data, which is system-powered. So so you know it's basically it's a data quality index. Okay, and it's not rocket science. But the thing is, it's 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 fun. It, it gives it gives the user some things that oh okay my 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 it's a five star. Data product uh, compared to uh, compared to this crappy one star data product that that I can find on bargain website, you know. 
So, uh, so yeah, the, the wish I, version of, of a data product. I don't know if you've seen the wish.com version of things. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I would, I would, I, I'll try to say politically correct. Um, being French is sometimes very difficult, uh, but anyway. So, so, so that's a, so that's, um, you know, that's that's. That, I think that's that's one key thing is, it's really bringing trust. Okay, and I'm not saying that there was no trust, but I think it's trust can only improve over time. Uh, and uh, and and all this is iteration over iteration over iteration. Uh, so, 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 um, the the consumer of the data should should feel really like oh this is this is this is getting somewhere. Yeah, I, I think what you're talking about is it's not that the data wasn't trustable, but it's that you know because it was like high quality previously in a lot of instances, but somebody still had to go and really do the the legwork themselves, the consumer, to see can, how can I trust this. What can I try in what way versus with the proper observability metrics and things like that that you're putting in front of somebody? You give them the capability to say, this is how you can trust it and in what way, right? Yeah. If, if a data product doesn't need completeness, it's like, oh, well, this only has you know this level of completeness. Does that make it all of a sudden a bad data product that you can't trust? No, because they're not trying to you know, they're trying to say, oh, we're, we're hitting it with a, a five minute SLA and um, we're really, really focused on accuracy or whatever. And that you you have the communications to not just say this is, you know, 99 percent accuracy in every single quality metric versus like, no, this, this this is optimized for this. If you need it optimized for another thing, come have a conversation with us. We may have to create a different data product or we may have to do that. But like, and, and having that adult conversation about what are the compromises, right? Historically, we, we have thought about data as being, you know, 99.9% every quality metric. And yeah. it's just not feasible. It's not doable. It's too expensive. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make business sense. And so we need to, to have that higher level of communication around what is this actually like, what are we trying to achieve with this and how did we achieve it? No, you, 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 you're, 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 you're totally right. And, and, and that's, that's why, um, one of the one of the things we invested most time on is really, and from the ground up, is really this idea of a data contract. Okay, um, and and uh, and I think it's it's it was not a revelation, but it has become something like, okay, this this policy, this metadata, this rule, this. Um, whatever is going into this data contract, okay? And then, of course, I'm I'm giving you my data contract. You would probably understand it. Data scientists would probably understand it. But it's a, you know, it's 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 code level, okay? So you've got to dig into that. So by providing APIs that are making it easier to consume your 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 data contract, I think this is this is this is one of the win. 
I, I have a, a question that's going to sound like a weird question because I don't think it's been asked, but I think it's something we need to get more explicit about, which is when you're putting out a data, uh, a, a data quantum, you have this data contract, right? Are you mm-hmm. putting out your own, you know, are you telling that people that are creating it to kind of agree to a contract without a specific consumer that is saying these are the contractual obligations that I need so that somebody can box themselves in and say, we're going to update this every hour. And you go and you talk to every, um, you know, a freshness or a timeliness SLA of, of an hour and you go and you talk to all the consumers and they're like, well, we just need this to be within a week, right? <laughs> we don't need it to be within an hour. And like, are you, are you, how are you setting that up so that and that that consumers can request like slightly different changes or slightly different aspects to the, those contracts. We are, we are also my, my our group is um, at, at a very special place where we are not producer of data and we are not consumer of data. So we are. I like to I I like to see us a little bit like the gestations. Um, and and because because we are at this place, it's more like Scott. You want our data? I mean, it's seven days old, and that's it. Okay. If you don't like it, find someone else. Okay. Uh, and 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 or and that's that's making things a little bit easier on us. Okay. Uh, but then then uh, I'm I'm. Sus- I'm thinking that the discussion will probably evolve to to what you're saying. Okay, so hey, I don't want I don't want three hours old data. I want two minutes old data. Uh, but but because we have the data contract, we've got something we can a basis for something we can talk on, right? Otherwise, it's random. Okay, and I've I've seen that in many in many scenarios where how fresh is your data? Uh, What's data freshness anyway? Uh, so, so this, 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 this kind of right now we 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 are free from this discussion because we've got metrics, we've got a data contract, we've got SLAs and SLOs that are built in directly um, the, the the quantum. So that's that's where you keep you know going back to trust. We keep going back to trust. Okay, so hey, our da- our data are trustworthy within these parameters. Well, and I, I think this is, especially getting the data, uh, centralized data team out of the conversations and having the consumers and producers talk to each other. Part of that is is saying, okay, we're going to go in and we're going to talk about this is the starting point and we're going to have a discussion. Producers, exactly. you're not going to say no to everything. Consumers, you're going to stop asking for the world. Get specific. We, you know, we need this data. We need real time. Okay. Why do you need real time? What does that mean? Oh, well, we're just sick of having it on a 48 hour delay. We need it within two hours Then you don't freaking need real time, but like we need to get into those high context exchanges because it's so, so, so crucial to actually, you know, head down that path and kind of what you talked about. Um, this is something that I'm, I'm telling people. Uh, around their governance side 
people, you know, I say kind of CYA on governance, cover your butt um, <laughs> around governance, around don't get yourself into compliance issues. But the other aspects should be driving towards trust, right? And so that means uh, definitions around what, like, how are we actually measuring what the quality metrics are, right? And it's not that we're standardizing what uh, quality metrics every data quantum has to to work with, but we're saying like, this is how you measure it so people can actually understand and figure out what they can trust. And um, and And I do think we want to create relatively loose quality standards that are the um, kind of template so people can go, oh, if I'm putting out a data quantum, okay, here's what I'm going to put out if I'm putting it out without having a direct conversation with the the consumer. But I'm also like, I, sorry, just kind of talking at it and circling this back into a lot of the other conversations. But I think that also hits on the point of, are you working with producers to put data into a quantum onto the mesh? And then see who consumes it, or are you having a direct use case first, or like, how is that actually coming about? It, it, it's it's always it's always use case driven, okay. But but it doesn't mean so. I would say that you know, in, in, I would say in traditional data engineering, you know, you, you start by the use case, and because you start by the use case, you're you're designing your data store based on that, or you're just replicating what the producer is doing on say to the consumer manage yourself okay so where we add value is really at creating the interoperable model at, at at the at the center of of, of the quantum it, itself okay so it's not like because the, because the data is coming in, in one shape that we need to keep this shape okay and 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 true we we listen we listen to uh, we listen to our consumer and I think we probably listen to our consumer more than we actually listen to the producers uh you know someone is flipping the bill at some point um so so um but it also doesn't mean that hey I want this field uh, in red and this one in blue and I want this constraint that does this and this thing that we'll, we're listening, okay? We're, we've got enough experience to kind of extrapolate a little bit things. And, and we've got this product mindset that, that we're, we're bringing to the table as well, okay? So it's not like, it's not your waterfall data engineering that, oh, we've got my specs of what I need to be delivering. It's more like, okay, let's talk to our customers after this discussion, build user stories around the data, uh, build lifecycle around the data product. Okay? I, think, I think one of the key thing, which we've not delivered it yet, but it's, it's built in from day one, is, is the ability to have multiple data sets. So one strict rule we, we, we said is, one data quantum equal one domain. Okay, the, the definition of a domain it's very often flexible, but but that's that's a rule that's a rule we are not going to change. Okay, so one data quantum equal one domain, but inside each each data quantum, the data is divided in data sets. Okay, and and there's really a s at the end of data sets. So for us. A data quantum can have multiple data sets and they also have different versions. So because and that's going back to 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 
to being able to trust, okay? We want to make sure that our consumer, the data is, can be, yeah, can be extended, can be enhanced as a data product, okay? Really, the, the product itself has this, has this life cycle. But additionally, the, additionally, um, they, 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 they can, know, they know that they're relying, okay? So if you're saying, hey, I need this, this data set in version two and I want it for, you know, ever that that's that's fine okay then if we come with a version three we can come with a pass to upgrade but they can co-ambit for quite a few quite a few times and that's built directly in the mechanism of the data quantum so i want to make sure that i understood when you were saying each data quantum is for one domain is that mm -hmm. a direct one-to-one -one mapping because what what mm -hmm. a lot of things have been is that each domain may have you know, one data quantum cannot span multiple domains, but each domain can have multiple data quantums or quanta, right? Um, so are you saying that for each domain, you're at least where you're starting out is that you have one quantum and it may be kind of the general concept of what other people have looked at as having multiple quantums because you have multiple data sets within that, but it's just easier to organize it as a single quantum instead of <laughs> a lot of different quanta so so we've we've so, so far it's really a very strict one one to one okay and, and and our our estimate our planning on delivering we, we think that we're going to have something like 25 quanta by the end of the year okay um probably more but but that's 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 to give you a, a kind of scale um so far on on the analysis we did on 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 those says no it's really a one to one it's not like a one to one in one direction and a one to one in the other direction okay so so we define the domains as as pretty strict okay so um we've got you know, we've got this pile of data uh, it's really corresponding to this domain and that's 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 a quantum where we see and and where where we see when we need to go cross domain or when we need to have more i would say either completely cross domain like let's say finance and fraud or hr and finance or whatever okay um if if we had to do that it's it's possible but that's where we see a lot of value in the mesh okay it's really when you're starting to to mesh stuff together then that so those those quanta will bring additional value. Yeah, and and uh, uh, I haven't developed it very completely, but that's kind of plays into the SCAE, which is Scott's confusing ass equation. Mm -hmm. And that's because I I think the way that you're you're thinking about it with your quantum makes it easier to manage um, at the holistic level. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if you start to split out smaller quanta in in each domain or if you say each unless you're defining each domain as a two pizza team because like at the end of the day exactly what you're talking about of the value of the mesh in the long run is about the ability to combine the data across mm -hmm. the different quanta. the quanta themselves have to each have value in and of themselves this has been something jamak has talked about a lot 
And I think yeah. it's, it's good because otherwise you've got these bridging solutions where you're just like, oh, I'm just doing this this thing to feed another thing that has value instead of it has value in and of itself. But like if if each quantum is worth like one value point and each like good bridging point to another quantum is worth point one. Well, when you've got two, you've got, you know, point one because there's only one bridge and you've got one and one. So it's the, you know, the data quantums are the one, the, the data quanta are the ones that have the value. But once you get to 10, once you get to 20, once you get to 50 or 100 or whatever, it, those bridges end up being far more valuable than each individual data, you know, quantum or even the whole set of the data quantums in and of themselves. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's a really interesting take on it. And I think how, how big are your your domains? Is there because is it the two pizza team domain or is it like your your hundred person domain? One, it, it, it's well, it depends on when when you look at it. Whether it's about building it or it's about uh, or it's about using it. Okay, so so some 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 of our data products are are used by a lot of people. Okay, like mm-hmm. really, we've got mailing lists of of lots of people using them. Uh, on the on 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 the development part, we try to to stick to the Pisa team. Okay, so going back to Agile, uh, and remember, we we are we're not producing the data. Okay, so so it's not it's 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 easier in in a little bit for us to to be able to do this way. Okay, well, and that that's where. Like uh, I had Bjorn Spedman on at Cinch and their domains at the high level of a concept of a domain, they each have 500 plus people in them, right? So, you know, if, if you're like you have one, uh, a single quantum for a 500 person domain, then you're you're overloading it with a ton of things. But I think it makes a lot of sense what you're talking about. And that that's why I think like the terminology, the more that I've dug into the terminology around data. We're just not very specific in the information exchange, which is hilarious because we're our whole job is information exchange, and yet the wording we use and and you know language is difficult. Obviously, I'm, I'm reading the the foundation series, and they've got this this uh, whole thing about how they communicate with gestures and thoughts, and like there's all this like embedded hidden meaning and all this. And it's like, oh, wouldn't that be lovely if we could do that in, in a data product where you could just uh, have the, the mental uh, download of, of what this actually it's, means. It's a c- secret secret cheat code at, at, at baseball, right? So, <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, no, but, but it, you're, you're, you're totally right. But the thing is, we, we keep the philosophy of each data quantum delivering value. Okay, we're not having... You know, just a bit like this enable story in Agile or something. Um, it's it's it has to bring value. Otherwise, it's it's not. And that's that's also why we, we know. Okay, we we know that we're going to end up with a lot of them. Okay. Often when I'm comparing when I'm explaining that to you know younger engineers or uh, coming to, 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 to our world, it's almost like a quantum is a table. Okay. And when you mesh it, it's when you have a relational t- between two tables. And, uh, so you can imagine that a company like ours, uh, there's a lot of tables. Um, so, um, so down the road, how many, how many, how many 
how many quantum are we going to have? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting view. But going back to 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 that is is really about how can I control, and and that's why we've got this this control plane, okay, in every quantum. How can I control the behavior of the quantum, and to make sure that I don't have a normie of ups people maintaining them okay it's really like that's that's the next thing okay and and then at the mesh level we will have these similar apis as well to make sure that we can control all that uh from a more central place at least for the ups perspective but but when you when you've got when you've got this very regular standardized documented life cycled api it makes it makes your life a lot easier to 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 build whatever you want okay and and it's and it's an api first approach we have okay we we don't we don't look at implement something and then we decide oh that would be nice to have an api on top of this it's really we're thinking about okay this is the api we want we want we want to look at the api and, and then of course the api has to serve a purpose but the thing is We'll, we'll, we'll look at that, design it, establish a contract, and then we can, we can, we can build both the servers and, and the client part. And yeah, so that's, that's, that's how we've been implementing it. And so far, yeah, so far, so good. So here's where I'm, I'm a little bit struggling is that there's about 17 topics. Again, we could, we could go into that I think would be very useful for the audience, but I think let's start with, um, you you kind of described some of the the API stuff in this call and in your your blog post, but like if somebody is getting started, what would you tell them were some missteps that you took or what were some things around like if they want to do an API first approach, which I think makes the most sense, like how do you start looking at building analytical APIs that work? Like how do you do that so that so somebody who's like, okay, I'm I'm bought in. I want to do the JGP method. How do I do that? Like, what 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 are some things that you've learned, or what are some things that you think that people need to be aware of? Yeah, so it's really about the, the do's and don'ts about about APIs. Okay, so we we've got really if I'm if I'm not talking about APIs, but when you look at our lovely hexagon, okay. Uh, we see as several ways to that you know this IO block, this IO IO full of, of hexagon. Okay, you've got you've got your data sources on the left, you've got your data consumers on the right, and you've got all these APIs for bringing the additional values. Okay, so um, we've got. We've got the control APIs, okay, so, the, so the, all this control plane. We've got the observability APIs, and we've got the discovery APIs. Okay, so that's really, I would say, I, I, I know that, that some people don't like the term of metadata anymore, but that's really the delivering all the meta level of information regarding your quantum and, and the control of it. Okay, so, and I think this is really, this is really useful. You're not accessing any of the data that that is inside in, 
I would say, well, you're accessing data, but not the operational data you want to have access to or the analytical data. That's really something we you can access via the two ports. Okay, so I would say the the analytic the analytic port and in, in, in the operational port, and you can access you can access that. You can get the information via the via the dictionary API over uh, to to know how to access it. But the thing is, we are we are not, and that's a real big don't. Uh, we are not building a, a, an API that says, "Hey, give me the first one hundred records that matches first name equals Scott." Okay, that's that's for me. That's kind of a little bit insane to to think this way. I know that some people are thinking about that, or ask your quantum to take all this data and putting some and, and put it on uh, on on um, on a on a on a kafka topic i think that that's that's not what we're doing um i think i think that that would be extremely dangerous it would add latency to your data uh and nobody needs additional latency i think that's in the long run where we need to go I, I, I honestly believe that. I think Chris Rigamini has talked about this. The more that I talk to people, the more that that's in the long run where we need to go. But right now, we have no idea how to do that efficiently and intelligently and all of that. And so we need something like um, you know Istio and Kong and like all these things that have, have happened in the service mesh side to make it so we can have API management if we're going to do API-based access to the actual information to pull that in an appropriate way, you can't have a paginated API call of, of exactly what you said of, okay, I need you to run this filter query for me via the API because if, if you're not pulling more than one or two things, right, like you'd have as, as kind of a data access API on the operational side of, you know, I'm, I'm, this person is, is trying to order, um, f- what is their shipping address, right? <laughs> like that's, that's a thing of, okay, I just need to pull this one piece of data. But if we're trying to pull, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions, billions of rows at once, you can't have it pulling one at a time. You can't have it, you know, doing the, the filter each time of what's the next one? What have I already pulled? What have I already pushed in? It just, you know, your your query ends up in, in a ridiculous state. But I do think yep. we need to, to figure out where we can go with those APIs. But I think what you said is a good thing for people to feel comfortable that they're not way behind the the ball that they're not way, way behind everyone else of you, you saying like, don't do these analytical APIs because we don't know how to do them yet. Right. <laughs> well, I didn't say we don't know how to do them. I said, don't do it this way. Uh, we, 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 we might know how to do some of that. Uh, uh, and, and, and we'll probably, uh, share that later, but, but, uh, uh, I think, I, 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 I think it, it's really, it, it's really coming back to to seeing the you know the, the 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 data quantum as as a database okay or as a table uh you you're not going to to build an api on on top of a table right i mean just for analytical purpose um of course but the thing is we we we're not 
and I and I really find that that was kind of a very refreshing thing when 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 I read that in in, in Jamak's book. Okay, that it's okay to, to it's okay to think that the same container of data, call it whatever, but as this analytical access and this operational access. Okay, so so I think I think this is this is this is this is pretty fantastic that finally someone has the guts to put it in a book and say it's okay you know uh, and, and because a lot of a lot of a lot of people are still convinced that there's two worlds there's the operational world and there's the analytical world I, I would even push it to say that the operational world can be read read right and, and not only read only I know I know I know I know, I know. I'm opening a, a kind of warm here, but 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 uh, uh, but but I think I think I think it's it's really the way you're going to 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 handle and treat your data. I think it's it's all possible. It's it's you've got to think about it, but it's all possible. I well, and I do think there are very separate worlds when you think about what are you actually trying to accomplish in that not not that the data is separate not that the information is separate but like there are analytical uh workloads and there are operational workloads right when you have an operational workload it's i'm trying to i'm interacting with somebody live right and analytical queries can be operational workloads but like we need within data mesh we need to set ourselves up that we can actually make our analytical workloads like somebody actually asking questions and doing queries and doing that stuff is a first class citizen but you also can't be in the in the path that's going to slow down where that analytical uh, you know question being asked is going to slow down somebody that's clicking around on your website right like so it's it's you can't have that but outside of that yeah absolutely there there's no reason that a certain set of data is is operational or analytical and operational systems should be pulling data from the data mesh. They absolutely should be getting that information. It's just not if they have a a live interaction where the the speed is measured in milliseconds that that's got to go all the way to the data mesh and that it's got to run this and then push it back into the thing. So, but yes, it's it it becomes this huge can of worms having that conversation because everybody wants to define operational and analytical and then it's, have you ever seen that proof of proving one plus one equals two? Um, it's a 17 page proof. <laughs> I, I believe that, right? Somebody tried to prove mathematically that one plus one equals two. And at some point you just kind of have to go, let's, let's, let's not do that. Like, let's, let's think, well, there are, there's operational and there's analytical and we know kind of what that means, but that we don't have to think about this stuff is so, so separate and these worlds are, are hardened off from each other and that you can only communicate over this very, very Byzantine way of, of approaching each other. These, these, this information needs to flow freely back and forth, but we can't also have analytical queries that are slowing down our operational actual transactions. Right. No, I'm, 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 I'm with you there. Okay. I'm told, I'm totally with you there. But the fact that having a data store that can behave and, and support both uh, both 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 world 
is is doable okay and 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 that's that's one of the it's not the only but it's that was kind of the one of the wow moments when 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 reading you know jean max book okay so so um that that it's it's not taboo anymore okay i've been in a lot of companies where just mentioning that and you you almost get kicked out of a meeting or you know or your job or whatever <laughs> but, but I, i'm not saying that it should be always the case but we've got some use cases where it makes sense to combine them okay? and i'm not saying they're going to be easy to solve but it makes sense okay uh like uh you've got an army of data scientists working on, you know, thresholds and things like that. And, and you've got also people that wants to, 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 to consume that record by record. Um, so, so you've got, you've got, you cannot tell them, okay, I'm going to, to double that. And, and then your data is not probably in sync and, and, and all those things. So, so that's, that's, that's where it makes sense to, to 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 see the, the quantum as this as this facility is every quantum going you know and, and it's 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 also a thing saying and that's why we heavily rely on our data contract is is every quantum going to have the same features hell no okay uh i i mean, I mean it's going to be. It's going. It's. It's. It's not. It's not going to happen. We've got a provision for specific behaviors on some quantum as well. Okay. So, so because because yeah because there's there's the specific scenarios use case whatever you want to call them that calls for that. Well, and I, I I've talked about this a little bit in the past of um, local maximization versus global maximization of value and like. We're, we're trying to not have uh, go for um, like the data warehouse with the single schema and, you know, all that stuff like that. You're like, OK, I've got my my uh, schema for this. And so it's a cookie cutter. So everything now looks like a dinosaur because you've got a dinosaur mm-hmm. cookie cutter. So this thing that was a fern, you cut off all of the things around it. And so now it looks like a dinosaur and it was a fern. And so, um, yeah, I, I think. uh a lot of what you're talking about, it just, at the end of the day, we have to, and, but we do also have to think about your, you're talking about, um, yeah, your control plane and, and your, and it, I almost think we're going to see an interoperability plane that kind of even replaces the, the control plane aspect and all of that, because we're going to need more and more interoperability focus, yeah. but also need to be able to maximize the context locally and so how how do we do that and and a lot of what you're talking about is i work at, at data stacks and i'm trying to push them to push cassandra and their their astra db which is you know a serverless version of of mm-hmm. cassandra offering to do this right exactly what you're talking about where you know what used to happen was you you do your analytical queries against your operational system between you know midnight and five a.m. and if it didn't run, if it didn't get it through, you were too late, through, right? Yeah. But but that was your only window. We don't have that with a global world. We don't have that that like local window even to do that. So we've had to to separate these systems in such a way that doesn't really. If we don't have to, it doesn't make any sense to. So I hope we can get there, but. Yeah, I think I think we'll we'll get there. I think 
you know, this will this will movement okay around around data mesh as has opened the gate okay so so to 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 a lot of things and and I would I would even say and and. And it almost challenge you in a duel, you know. On a lot of your episodes, you were saying that the data mesh is not for everybody. I'm almost saying that the data mesh is for everybody from a certain size. Okay, when you're thinking that um, if database vendors, let's say DataStax or IBM or whoever, starts to implement mesh features, okay, or quantum level features. With the with the with the database and the data data management solution, why why not? You know, uh, we we are only at the beginning of that. Um, it's it's like if if you if you went through this this exercise of, hey JDBC when JDBC was invented, uh, I don't know if it's the first version, but soon after they have all this access to the metadata and it opened a real new thing so with with java you could access to the metadata in a standard way to for for your applications okay and i i remember that in it was great for java based frameworks because the frameworks could abstract a few things from from that and things like hibernate and all those things were greatly profited from 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 that kind of access to the to the data and it forced people it forced vendors to adhere to a standard okay where before that it was kind of a, hey if you want to know the name of the tables i'm supporting you've got to access this system table somewhere right so so you could see the evolution of that in the traditional rdbms world um First of all, the, the, the world is not RDBMS anymore uh, or RDBMS centric anymore. Uh, but it's also that hey, if we come with, whether it's a community or some or some vendors coming with standards that can be approved by many, well, why not have this kind of uh, hey, this is this is this is a this data contract, and the data contract is directly bundled with the data with the data source okay so it, it can access and it can be consumed by quantum or other data storage solution directly because it's an open standard okay yeah i and that's where i'm i'm hoping we can get to a thing where right now uh talking with everybody like so many aspects of data mesh are very very manual and everybody's having to invent things themselves not even being able to see examples. So like you putting out an example, I saw one um, that came out where somebody said, and here's our data contract. And it was all in code. And it was like four pages of me scrolling down this data contract. But that's super helpful, right? I have no idea if it's any good because I'm not at that level where it assess if it's any good of a data contract. But like that we can get more examples out there of, of how people are doing this because exactly what you're talking about, so much of the stuff that we're doing is one-off, right? And we, we, that includes the systems, right? That includes, okay, why do we have to have, I keep talking about uh, with people about DuckDB. I'm really excited about DuckDB because within the application, you can have your, your OLAP, right? You don't have to go out to Spark and do your processing and come back in, right? That you've got that capability to, um, within your application, literally do your analytical things instead of having this round trip. 
And I think we need to really think about how can we do that stuff much more? Um, I, I don't know, but um, I know we're, we're I know you, you were, uh, we're, we're a little bit over time as well. I know you've got to, you've got to hop here, but uh, I, again, we could probably talk for another uh, hour and a half, two hours at least on a lot at of At least. <laughs> is, is there anything we, we didn't cover that you, you think we should have, or is there any kind of way you want to wrap it up or any advice that you'd give to people? Is it just come talk to you and, and, and you'll, uh, you've got all the answers for them or what, what, what is the thing that you tell people trying to look forward? I don't have all the answers by by far. Um, that would be pretty arrogant. Um, uh, I, I can be sometimes. So so, uh, but but uh, no. Uh, I, I think I think we we one one thing we we didn't talk about is open source. Um, I I I I'm not saying I wish we talked about open source because it would be put me in a in a weird position. Uh, but uh, as as a follow up, I'm I'm giving a, a data mesh talk about how we can uh, build a data mesh with open source, and that's going to be at All Things Open in uh, early November in in Raleigh, and a great conference from my friend. Um, there, so so I, I would if you're in the Raleigh area, I would I would highly recommend that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so that, that would be something we can, we can have a, a few sessions on. And I think we need to get to a place of open sharing where it's not open source software implies continued support versus throw over the wall. I tried to do this with my data moss thing, which was data mesh OSS, which it's, it's a stupid, stupid name, but it's memorable to be like data moss. That's a dumb name because it's, it's not even very clever, but we need more people throwing over like actual code examples, or here is how we're, we're handling this thing. And no, we're not going to support it. No, we're not going to do this, but like, here's an actual picture of this because so much of what we're doing is we're, we're discussing art, right? We're not showing people the pictures. We're, we're discussing the picture and then we agree get more, more, but people are like, my code isn't beautiful. And I'm like, I don't care. Nobody cares. You can literally throw it my way. I will put it out on the internet and strip your name out of it if you want that. Right. So that way people can see it. But like, I keep trying to get this with like people's um, internal events uh, standards, right? Like what, how are you, what, what are your standards for storing X or Y or Z? So that everything adheres to the same standards, so you have that interoperability. Nobody's even willing to share that because they're like, it's not beautiful. And it's like, we gotta, we gotta be able to to have a community where you can be vulnerable, where you can share something that's not polished, and that that not polished means that somebody doesn't have to go and invent cloth, right? They don't have to go and invent fiber, and you know, well, not invent, but you know what I mean, like discover and, and start to figure out how to weave and all that stuff. Versus you can show somebody, here's some fibers, here's how we weaved it. You know, our loom really sucks, but, you know, we're, we're, we're heading down that path and that people can go, oh, I don't have to completely rethink this entirely in my own head. Like, that's what, where I want to get to, but we're just not there yet. And it's, it's okay. But. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, I think your show is, is where people can show a little bit of vulnerability. You know, you don't have to go through legal to go to a podcast. Um, so, so that, that makes a difference. Um, so, so 
I, I think I think I think that's 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 coming there. Okay, and it's you've you've done an impressive job. Like you know, in less than a year of running the show, you've got I don't know, one hundred fifty-seven episodes so far, or something. So, 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 so I think I think I think that's that's where you can you can highlight the community. And, and honestly, uh, the the Slack Slack has, the Slack group, um, which you run uh has been really helpful as well okay so so true people are not sharing much there uh but it's coming i i'm 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 pretty sure it will come okay so 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 uh it's also you know it's also something that because the, because the, the the concept has been coming not from a software vendor but more from a service company it's more difficult to get the software vendor because if you if let's imagine it was red hat doing the data mesh and everybody oh it's open source it's great and etc it's easy to go code there okay but then it's also very limitative because then it's going to be kind of controlled by a company or the vendor here it's more of a community guided by you know guided by a few people but the thing is yeah maybe Maybe they should share a little bit of the work they're doing as well with some of their customers. Yeah, I, I've I've been trying to get the vendors to participate in a way where they're not selling, and they they just can't understand that mode of, hey, if you go out to your customers that are using you for data mesh and you tell their story, then you're attached to data mesh and you keep getting brought up in every conversation around data mesh, like. Why aren't you spending the effort to extract this from them? Um, but yeah, exactly. And, and and I'm trying to create a space which hasn't been the case in data. You know, data we've been about, is this right or is this wrong? Is this a one or a zero? And it's not, is this the information? And so we haven't, I, I still haven't been able to create a space where people can be very vulnerable and be like, hey, here's my idea. What do people think? And then people are like, that's stupid, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, we have to be in such a way where it's like, hey, I think these are some things that you're missing, but I really like X, Y, you know, A, B, and C, but I think you might be missing X and Y and Z could be a problem, but maybe not. And we just need to. And so I think those conversations are happening behind closed doors and the Slack is a good way to find those people to have those conversations, but still. It, it you know, it also makes sense. Okay. Who's, 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 doing data, who's doing data mesh? Okay. It's not a startup around the corner okay it's it's larger companies for now it's it's a large company problem to solve large company means you know legal departments uh so so so, so nobody wants to have his but uh you know offered uh so 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 i i guess that some of the companies will will probably work more into opening more stuff okay uh like got a blog post about data mesh and PayPal. Um, so I, I'd say maybe maybe things will will change, okay? So yeah. So. Yeah, I, I've thought about doing the uh, interviews where it's like the uh, black outline and we change people's voices and be like, tell me your beauty patterns. <laughs> like, because that, that could be, it could be really funny, but it could also be like, no, like, tell me, like, you could be honest here because nobody knows who you are and that so, so <laughs> this is this is this is how we solved all the problems by doing yeah yeah but more of like the vulnerability side of like you can you can uh you know hide who who is actually telling it but um well again 
JGP, this has been so phenomenal. I'm sure there's going to be tons and tons of people that want to follow up with you. Um, where's the best place? What do you want people following up about? Uh, people LinkedIn or is there another place or your website or anything like that? So, 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 so I'd love to have more followers on Twitter, but it's really, I'm not, I'm not successful at that. So I think it's, it's going to be LinkedIn once more. Okay. So, um, you know, I've got, I've got teenager kids, so we're not comparing the number of followers we've got on YouTube, but it's almost there. Uh, so LinkedIn's great. Uh, um, if you if you try to connect with me on LinkedIn, just say that you're coming from you know the show that you've listened. Uh, I've got so many anonymous just people just wanted to connect, and, and honestly, I'm hey, I'm not opening my door to you know anybody. So so at least say something, say hi, you know, in the message you're sending to when you connect. Um, so that's, that's great. And, and really topics I'd love, I'd love to discuss with people is really data contracts, APIs, um, open source. Um, so that, that, that's really things which are dear to my heart. And of course, I'm, I'm not every day on, on Slack, uh, but on, on, on your, on your Slack, I'm, I'm on every, every day on Slack, but not on the data yeah. mesh learning community Slack. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm going there very regularly. So, and it's easy yeah. to poke me at JGP. So. And I'm not, uh, on there every day anymore either. Like, I, I think, I think we all need to, to have, uh, some breaks from it and stuff, but I think we do, I'm trying to encourage more people to do that. But, um, well, JGP, again, thank you so much for your time today. And also thank you everyone out there for listening. Well, thank you. Thank you, Scott, for ma for managing this thing. It's it's a great piece of work. I love it. My uh, my my time on the mower is really much better. Uh, and I'm kind of looking forward to 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 more episodes on learning more about 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 data mesh and people's experience. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me today. I'd again like to thank my guest today, Jean-Jour Perry or JGP, the Intelligence Platform Lead at PayPal. You can find a link to his LinkedIn, website, Twitter, a blog post we discussed, his YouTube, and his upcoming talk at All Things Open, which has a free virtual registration if you're interested, in the show notes as per usual. Thank you. Hopefully that interview episode was really useful for you. Please do consider getting in touch with guests from the show, from these episodes. Most have said they'd really love people to reach out to them. And please, as well, if you've got a minute, rate and review the podcast somewhere. It really is honestly super helpful for other people looking into kind of data podcasts to kind of get this in front of them. Data Mesh Radio is again provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It's produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. In April of 2023, I left Data Stacks, who were wonderful in getting the Data Mesh community stuff started. So give them a shout for streaming and real-time AI needs. But I left to start my own industry analyst kind of information as a service firm. Our offerings are affordable and you can do them on a one-off or a month-to-month -month basis. You know, read kind of, throw it on the credit card. Don't worry about like going through purchasing and things like that. The services include lots of practitioner roundtables, you know, one-on-one -on -one data mesh kind of planning or feedback sessions and tailored introductions to other data mesh practitioners that are focused around your topics of interest, you know, what, what are you actually running into challenges with? We also have some free programs around introductions and roundtables that people can kind of check out as well. 
Check the show notes or just go to datameshunderstanding.com for more info or helpful resources. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch as well. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Now let's hear that funky outro music. Thank you.